this podcast is not intended for the purpose of diagnosing or providing mental health advice. Although we may have a lot of life experience on these topics, we are not professionals or experts. If you are struggling or need help, please contact your healthcare provider or a registered mental health clinician for your own unique circumstances. Thank you. Hello, listeners. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm just inserting this little introduction post editing to talk a bit about this mini series that I've unintentionally started. Originally, I had my friend Stephen, um, who is in my bubble, if you're wondering. Um, so I had Stephen pop by to record an episode for the pot, the podcast about autism. And, um, it worked out really well, but we ended up talking for such a long time that I actually had too much material for just one episode. And this is just kind of what happens when Stephen and I get together. We just talk a lot and we talk about everything. And I know a lot of you have expressed to me that you prefer these episodes to be between 30 and 40 minutes. So I decided to just break up each section into their own individual episodes. And with that said, this will be episode one in the Spectrum series. It is going to be um, all about... So today we're going to be talking all about Stephen's experience um, getting diagnosed as an adult with ASD. We'll also be talking a bit about comorbidity and um, other mental health conditions that can coexist um, with autism, as well as uh, different signs and symptoms that people diagnosed with autism as adults notice after their diagnosis. So there's um, a bit of self-exploration and self-discovery there. Um, I'll also be including some resources and links to autistic activists and creators in the show notes. And with that, on that topic, I also want to give a big shout out to um, a friend of mine named Micah, who... um, Actually, when this podcast goes up, it should be his birthday. So happy birthday, Micah. I hope you have the best day. Um, Micah is an amazing artist and autistic creator. He he does a bit of everything, really. He plays music. Um, he does a lot of visual arts, like drawing. And he makes these amazing and beautiful paintings. So definitely check him out on Instagram. Um, you can find his art at Micah Paints on Instagram. So that's M-I-C-A-H-P-A-I-N-T-S. So I'll have him linked in the show notes. Give him a follow. Let's support our autistic Canadian artists. And um, and yeah, he's, he's just great. So definitely check him out. All right. All that said, today is going to be a really fun episode and I'm super excited for you guys to meet Steven. So All of that is coming up next, and let's jump right in. I just want to flag a quick content warning for this episode. There will be a very brief mention of a physical assault with a weapon in this episode. As always, though, it's nothing explicit or descriptive. Um, It's just very briefly mentioned in passing. I just wanted to let you know before we get into today's content and yeah, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's going to be really fun. Hello listeners and welcome to your uncomfort zone where we discuss and explore creativity, healing and culture through lifestyle. 
I'm your host, Kristen, and today we'll be talking about ASD or Autism Spectrum Disorders. We're also trying something new on this episode. I actually have a guest today, um, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Steven. Um, I've been friends with Kristen now for a long time. A long time. A long time. <laughs> a good number of years. Um, and yeah, I guess with respect to this episode, um, I was diagnosed with ASD um, when I was... 25, so yeah, I think? Two years ago, I think. Two or th three years ago now. Three years ago. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking old. <laughs> We're old now. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I guess we're going to just talk about kind of a lot to deal with my experiences with it and, you know, kind of dealing with ASD and learning to live with ASD as someone who never knew that that was a thing that was going on. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Um... Where like this podcast is like kind of like a very like a per like my listeners kind of get to know me and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about how we met mm -hmm. and also because how we met and how we became friends are two different things. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, I don't know if it tells the story better. Well, I mean, how we met, we met at parties, right? Yes. We had mutual friends and we were at the same parties and we kind of got to know each other through there and like, you know, um, playing board games at these events and all that stuff <laughs> and and calling people calling certain people out for not knowing that other people were vegetarian for several years <laughs> so if you, um, if you if you don't if you're not getting the shade right now coming from Steven, i'm throwing some are you throwing some shade so um we were at a party in another like community and mm -hmm. i didn't know steven at all uh at this point like i knew who he was yeah like and like we knew he, we knew who each other were through like shows and stuff like that yeah right? like because like um for anybody who's listening who doesn't know like the context like when steven says shows we mean like like local punk shows yeah local yeah. punk shows because we ha we both have friends who are in bands and or actually steven's just in yeah, bands. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah so we knew each other that way but like we'd never like really spoken a whole lot or anything so we were at this party and um, for context, like I've mentioned before in podcast episodes, I'm actually straight edge. So that means I don't consume like any substances. Um, so I've never had alcohol. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never touched any drugs or anything like that. Um, so whenever I go to parties, I am the, usually the only sober person there, unless there's a, a designated driver. Right. You're so one of few. I want a few. And so, um, I was at a table of probably 10 People. There's yes, a lot of people at this table. A lot of people there. Um, and I was there with my boyfriend at the time, and everybody at this table was plastered, like very, very drunk, including Steven. Co company included, yes. <laughs> uh, and we were playing a game of, of a we were playing a game called Apples to Apples, which is kind of like the the more PG version yeah, of the Tamer, the tamer cards, against, cards humanity. against Humanity. So um, Steven is what? What's the right term? It or like you were. Yeah, like the decider, decider like, on the cards, and the one get the one who says which one is funniest. I don't know what that what that role is. What that called. role is called? But so this is what Steven is doing. He's picking what the funniest cards are, and I don't know him very well. Obviously, and we he, had only like briefly met at other at similar other, parties at this same place. At the same place, and so I I pick a card. I put put it down. Obviously, it's anonymous, and so Steven knows more people at this table than I do. Like, I didn't know everybody. That's fair, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah so, I definitely did. Yeah, so, like, I threw this card down, and Steven's going through these cards, and if 
you don't like obviously most of you don't know Steven, but he's a very like especially when he's drinking, he's a very like um he draws attention when he speaks and uh, I, I I have a tendency to be very bolsterous. Yes, and it's funny. Particularly when I drink. It's good. Um but uh, so he's like, you know, yelling these cards out like uh and everybody's laughing and he gets to my card and in my head I'm like it's the funniest one. It's so fucking funny. He's going to find this hilarious. And he looks at it. And I don't remember what the question was. It, yeah. I, I think the answer is something to do with like McDonald's or something like that. No, my or, answer was a Big Mac. It was. Okay. My was answer like was a Big Mac, but I don't remember what the question was. But I was like, it was a Big Mac. Everybody loves Big Macs. At the time, by the way, I was not vegan. So like, I was like, everybody loves Big Macs. I'm going to throw Big Mac in there because it's hilarious. And Steven, who had been like a, a vegetarian at this point for like five, four or five, four or five years. Four or five years, easy. <laughs> so he picks up my card, not knowing that it's mine, and goes, who the fuck put down Big Mac? Like, what no. an idiot. <laughs> like, anyone who knows me knows I wouldn't pick this. And I was just like, listen. <laughs> and you were like, ah, oh, yes, anyone who knows you. So not me right so now. So not me right now. Yeah, um, and so it was like our first kind of like real... Interaction. Like interaction. And then, I guess like... That's, like, kind of how we met, but then, like, in terms of becoming friends was kind of after this, you know? A few years later. Yeah, probably, like, a year or so later. Um, we had each other on Facebook. Cause That's what you do. People were still using Facebook back then. Um, specifically, I was still using Facebook more back then. And um, it was towards the end of that semester at, at the university. Um, I had a pile of lab books that I had to mark. Because um, I was... I wasn't, still am a TA in the physics department at the university. Um, and so I posted on Facebook being like, oh yeah, um, you know, if anyone's around, like I'm going to be in the library all afternoon just doing some marketing if you want to just like hang out, chill. And then, you know, at say 25, 30 minutes later, Kristen kind of walked over and was like, oh hey, like I saw your post on Facebook. <laughs> um, and she sat down, we're, we got to chatting and... Um, Suffice it to say, I didn't get my marking done that day. Yeah. <laughs> we we were chatting for, like, literally, probably, like, a night. And, it had to have been, it was at least three hours. It was a clean three hours. Yeah. Because, like, I remember I was late because, like, my boyfriend at the time, his mother was, like, coming to pick pick me up mm -hmm. from, um, from the university. And he was waiting in the car as well. And they're like, where are you? I was like, oh, fuck. And I just, like, had to run. Um, yeah. It was, it was a good, like, three plus hours. We were yeah. just talking. Yeah. About, like, about everything and nothing at the same time. Totally. You know what I mean? And uh, here we are, many a year later. Several years later. Several years later. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, we've been friends for a good while. Um, obviously, like, if you can't tell, we're very, very good friends. So, yeah. we talk about everything. A brief, we had a, a brief stint as roommates. Yes. Well, I mean, it was like years. two years. It was like two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So two and a half years as roommates. Um, we're, we're very close. We talk to each other about everything. Um, we're always up in each other's business mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We share even when maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, so, um, so, yeah. Um, obviously, with, like, with the subject of this episode... Um, how did you um, come to, like, get diagnosed with ASD? Like, what was kind of the the path that kind of led up, the events that kind of led up to your diagnosis? Okay, so, I mean, you know, um, ever since I was, you know, much younger, like, you know, late teens or whatever, you know, I had the, uh, I don't want to say classic diagnosis, but, you know, like, I had, you know, depression, anxiety diagnosis, mm -hmm. right? Um, which I think, and, and I don't want to devalue 
anyone with a diagnosis, but I think that that oftentimes, for a lot of people with more complex um, mental health issues, that's kind of the first step to mm-hmm. getting a diagnosis, right? Um, you, 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 get that, you get that box checked, and then later on they're like, oh, but there's more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of how I always felt. Um, I, I, I kind of always felt like there was something more. I didn't know what, um, but it just it, it didn't feel complete to me. Like I had a lot of other friends who dealt with anxiety, who dealt with depression, and what they dealt with didn't line up with what I dealt with. And I know that, you know, mental health is, everything's kind of on a spectrum. Nothing is linear, right? Nothing is concrete. But, like, things didn't feel the same. The same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had started seeing, um, kind of started seeing, a, um, I guess, a therapist um, through the university um, at kind of a really complex time in my life. Um, a lot, like, basically, um, I kind of made the decision to go and talk to somebody, um, and I apologize for this getting a little bit dark in the moment, but within a three-day span, um, so I had, uh, yeah, I had just gotten out of a long relationship, I had seen someone get stabbed, and my grandfather's wife was hospitalized with a tumor in her brain. Uh, that was okay, she was okay, but... Uh, a lot had happened in a three-day period right before Christmas. Um, so I kind of, that was kind of like my, uh, my wake-up call to go and talk to a therapist, see a therapist. And so I had done that. I had been with, been talking with her for, you know, several months afterwards. Um, and kind of, you know, talking about my experiences, what my mental health is like, et cetera, et cetera. You know, typical therapy stuff. The usual. The usual. Um, and then one day we're talking about it and she kind of like casually brings it up. She goes, have you ever looked into autism, ASD? And this to me was a really big shock because I had never considered it. But also I, I think that my only real ex- like exposure with ASD was kind of the, you know, media kind of stereotypical Sheldon Cooper portrayal of it, mm-hmm. which doesn't line up with me. So for me, at the time, it was like a really big shock. Um, and kind of, it was it was hard for me to, it was a hard pill to swallow at the time. Um, and anyway, she had basically um, set me up with someone for me to be able to get like kind of a um, proper diagnosis, but I also started doing research. I started looking into more of these things, looking into specifically um, more things of, uh, like articles from uh, adults who had been diagnosed as adults with ASD and kind of their experiences. And the more and more I read, you know, um, maybe not everything that I read attributed to me, but I was able to be like, oh yeah, like- That makes sense. That Like, I, I feel that way too, or like I've experienced this or like, you know, I, I relate to these uh, mm-hmm. different parts of different things, and it kind of all started to piece together, and I started to kind of, um, I guess, become more accepting of it, because any diagnosis like that, it's going to be, especially one that you didn't expect, it's going to be hard to come to terms with right away. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but for me, like, the more that I read, the more that I saw this stuff, it was kind of, I was like, yeah, that, that could be a thing. And then, of course, you know, I went out, and spoke to um, a 
psychologist or psychiatrist? It would be a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Yeah. I always get them mixed up of yeah. which, one, <laughs> which one does the diagnosis. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I went to talk to a psychiatrist, um, and basically they kind of just reaffirmed that that was what was going on. What was going on. Cool. Yeah, because I remember when, um, when you know, you were seeing this therapist because... I remember before you went to see the therapist because... I had been pushing you for years, I mean. <laughs> for years to see someone specifically for the depression, anxiety. Cause mm-hmm. like, as you know, on the podcast, like, um, for my listeners, like I talk a lot about that, like everybody needs therapy, but, um, because, you know, I'm definitely one of those people that Steven was talking about who has more, com- a lot more complex issues going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that makes me a little bit more from my experience anyway, more sensitive to noticing when other people probably have more complex things going on because right. I am a very empathetic person. And so um, this whole time, like for years, I've been like, Stephen, go see a therapist. Stephen, go see a therapist. Stephen, go see a therapist. And then he finally did see one. And I was like, yes, this is good um, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I have to say like as your friend, when you were, when you got your diagnosis, um, I remember you came home, you're like, oh, like I got something to tell you guys. Cause I remember we were sitting, Kayla and I were sitting, Kayla's my sister, by the way, she was on a previous episode. Mm. We were sitting, cause this is when we were living together. We were sitting at the, t- at a table at the kitchen table. And, um, you were like, Oh, like I was diagnosed with this thing. Cause before you were just, you just told us that you scored, scored high in a screening test and you were going right. to go get like an actual assessment by yeah. a psychiatrist. Um, <clears throat> So, um, but at this point you were telling us that this is what happened. And I remember just being like, huh, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so like it was Yeah. And I remember you saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and it wasn't like, um, like, like I said, like I knew there's something else going on. I just wasn't sure what exactly that was. So wasn't, I wouldn't say I was expecting to hear it, but I also was not shocked just knowing. Yeah. Cause sometimes with, for some of us, like it's hard to be self-aware about our own symptoms because like the way we perceive ourselves is not how other people perceive you absolutely and as someone i have two other friends who uh, are autistic and um now those two people are actually in a lot of ways their experiences are very different from yours but they i still saw some like similarities right. and, well, and and that's the other thing too is where it is you know it's a spectrum, it's a spectrum disorder, disorder, <laughs> yeah. right everyone's experiences are going to be different totally like every, no no two people are going to have identical experiences there might be some overlap right but there there's it's not gonna be identical it's a multi-circle complex venn diagram yeah where there's going to be some overlap but, but not all of it exactly totally um so i know that with a lot of people who get diagnosed later in life you kind of tend to look back at your childhood and adolescence and notice things that were probably signs that you had autism is there anything that kind of sticks out to you like from your adolescence or even from like your younger, like your earlier childhood that you're like, Oh, that, that makes sense now. It didn't make sense before, but it does now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 The episode is over. <laughs> yes. Um, you ever like you read a good book and you get to the end and then like something clicks that was foreshadowed earlier mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. That's what it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, looking back through my life, I mean, obviously, like, hyperfixation is a big thing for me. Yes, You've heard is. me talk about <laughs> Star Wars. You've heard me talk about Star Wars. I love to, like, just 
when I when I find something that I like, I love to just go. Like there, there's no middle ground. I'm going to a hundred. I'm reading everything. I'm researching everything. Like I'd be like sitting up at night just like reading Wikipedia articles, <laughs> like because that's that's what I did. Um, when I was early into playing World of Warcraft when I was young, I was like reading all of the lore from like the previous games. I was like trying to experience it. You know, like when I get into a franchise, I want to play all of the like a video game franchise. I want to play all the games, right? Like Legend of Zelda. I have all of the games. I wanted to play every single game. Fire Emblem, I wanted to play every game. Like, I hyperfixate on things so, so well. But also, of course, um, and this is a big, I, I think a fairly common one um, for people on the spectrum as well, is socialization. Um, I've always found that to be weird and hard. Mm-hmm. Small talk has never been my forte. I've, I've always struggled with that. Which is surprising, too, because... Um... If you didn't know Steven, you wouldn't think that he struggled with socializing because he is, like, from my perspective, being very close mm-hmm. with him. And this might just be because our, the way that we socialize is very compatible. Yes, exactly. But yeah. um, he, like, he's very, like, to me, very easy to talk to because we just get into these conversations. Like, we were talking about our first conversation lasted three hours. Right. Right? So, like, we just... Our, the way that we socialize is very similar. So, like, where, like, you might struggle with small talk, you're very good at talking for long periods of time well, about yeah. the things that you, you're passionate exactly. about. Exactly. And that is Star very... Wars. Well, yes. <laughs> but I was going to say, also, very symptomatic. Yes, totally. Right? Of ASD. Of like, it's, like, small talk. Like, casual day-to-day talk. Um, and, like, especially, like, keeping conversations going through text, I kind of find hard. But if you're sitting down with me, if you get me going... I won't shut up. <laughs> Me either. So it works. Like, but so, yeah. and, and, and also sometimes um, volume control was mm-hmm. a big thing. Is a big thing for mm-hmm. me. Um, if if I get excitable, I get loud. You know. Um, and and as you mentioned earlier, you know, like that's kind of how we first had our first interactions and our first like. Which led towards our friendship was me being boisterous and loud, and that is of course amplified by intoxication, but I think that's just a symptom of intoxication anyway. Anyway, yeah, totally. Um, and this was um, a big issue as well, of, like, steering conversations. I actually um, used to be really bad for, like, interrupting and talking over people. It was a big thing for me um, until kind of my uh, my ex-partner at the time kind of called me out on it. Mm-hmm. And and it was, it was something I wasn't even really aware that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That was something, like, a behavior I kind of had to, like, keep myself aware of. And to this day, I'm still like, no, 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 don't don't interrupt. Don't, like, let them finish first. Because it's, like, something that was obviously, you know, um, hurtful for my partner when I would just kind of talk over her. Mm-hmm. Right? But it was kind of, like, another big thing where it's just, like, I, I always just kind of was, like, someone would be talking, like, oh, and this! Kind of go over them, right? Totally. And, and again, that is some of the difficulties of socialization and that people on the spectrum can experience Mm -hmm. and like like you don't notice until you're looking back exactly right right and again it's like the foreshadowing to the ending of the book Mm -hmm. where you kind of look back and you're like you're looking at all these things and you're like oh you what you look back at all the pieces now that you've seen like the full puzzle totally i didn't mean to use a puzzle analogy it's for okay. ASD. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll talk about that part later. That comes up later. Uh, um, so, um, is there anything that you think 
makes it hard for undiagnosed individuals to actually get diagnosed? Like after you've done like all this research and that sort of thing? Um, well, I think, I mean, obviously it would vary from person to person. Um, I, one of the big things that held me back was a combination of stubbornness, yes. for being honest. <laughs> yes. Um, but also kind of uh, a fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. right? Like for me personally, um, I knew, like I said, I knew there was something else, but I was afraid of what that something else was, was you know? Um, another thing as well is, um, of course, autism is a spectrum, but it's not like a linear spectrum of, you know, quote-unquote, more autistic to less autistic, right? It's... It's like a graph, it's, you know? I, w I almost think of it more like the Skyrim character creation screen, <laughs> where there are just a bunch of different sliders. I love that. That's fucking sick. Right? That's like, a great way to describe it. Like, there are just a bunch of different sliders and a bunch of different aspects of different values that are just... An infinite combination. It, exactly. Yeah. There, there is... No, I've also seen people talk about it more like it's a color wheel. Yeah. Right? Where you put it, like, you, you're, you know, whatever hexadecimal color of red is, and I'm whatever hexadecimal color green is. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't like, mean that one person is more autistic than exactly. another person, or more, I, I don't like using this terminology, but, like, high and low functioning, I don't, right. I don't necessarily agree with those terms. Um, I, and and same here, but, yeah. like, I, I do get what you're saying, for, yeah. like, a better term. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's just all of these different aspects, you know? Um, and again, the ones that I experienced, like the hyperfixations, the socialization stuff, um, volume control. Um, and I, I didn't even mention this earlier, but um, my sensitivity to environments that I'm in, right? All of those are on different sliders for different people. For different people. Right? Like, I could be totally okay. You know, like for me, um, I'm very sensitive to noise. But at the same time, I grew up all my teenage years at punk shows. So that is a very uh, homey environment for me. So despite it being loud, depends to me, on the noise. You right. Know? It, it depends on the noise, right? So to me, like, despite it being very loud, it doesn't really um, it doesn't bother me because it feels ordered and structured, right? There's a, there's a melody, there's a rhythm. But to someone else, it might be too much. It might be way too much. Mind you, at this, and then at the same time, like, I go to. When I go to the mall, when it's very busy, and there's just, like, the white noise of chatter around me, that really affects me, but it might not affect someone else. Totally. Right? And that's just, and again, that's just one symptom. Totally. Right? So. Another thing I wanted to bring up, um, just from, like, friends of mine or, like, different um, autistic activists that I follow on social media, um, another thing that, like, I've read can kind of get in the way for a diagnosis Children screaming outside, just FYI. If you're hearing something in the background, it's uh, it's the outdoors. Neighbors, as, kids. Yeah. So, um, so something that can kind of get in the way of a diagnosis can also be um, a misdiagnosis or comorbidity that yes. can mask, mm -hmm. like, certain symptoms. Absolutely. So, like, some things that come up, because, like, as we know, like, um, there, is, there actually are differences between uh, different gender identities and autism. And then mm -hmm. there's also... Um, some differences with like how comorbidity can kind of interlock with uh, certain symptoms of, of autism. And then usually what will happen is you'll be diagnosed with that thing instead of say just 
autism. So right. when you were mentioning your depression, anxiety, that's an extremely common experience for people with autism. So, right. so I've read. And then I was also reading that um, a lot of uh, autistic women and autistic uh, non-men, essentially, yes. uh, will get a lot of times diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder mm -hmm. instead of autism. Yes. Or later on, they might be, they might actually meet the diagnostic criteria for both. But um, like BPD is definitely something that uh, there's a lot if you have BPD chances are you will s score higher on mm -hmm. a screening test for autism than someone who doesn't have BPD yes um, you may not yeah, but again right. like, like we said it's it's definitely um, like like we said like it's everybody's experience is different but um, do you think that like these different diagnoses like you were diagnosed with depression anxiety right. first do you think that kind of prevented you from from getting diagnosed with do you think you would have been diagnosed earlier if you had not just thought that your symptoms were, you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, th I think another thing for me personally now, again, right. I'm talking about my own personal experience. Um, I think, I don't know if like getting that diagnosis early on, uh, was a boon or a hindrance to me later being diagnosed with, uh, ASD, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that if I had spoken up more, when I was younger, I could have gotten the mm -hmm. diagnosis much mm -hmm. earlier. Um, but again, for me, there was also a large amount of fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. right? Um, so uh, I, I think that I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I, I don't know if like having a diagnosis when I was like I said like a teenager of anxiety and depression, if that like if that prevented me from getting my proper diagnosis earlier. Earlier. Oh. Or if maybe it was um, or like a maybe, stepping stone for yeah, you. Or if it was a stepping stone. Because, again, for me, like, my experience was me saying, like, yes, I do feel these things, but that's not it. Like, that's not all. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, and, um... Though, though I did also kind of want to throw in, just to tack on to what you mentioned earlier, um, from a lot of, like, activists that I've listened to, a lot of um, things that I've read, um, people on TikTok, honestly, um... <laughs> like women and non-men really in general um are really heavily underdiagnosed with asd when that is what it, what's, what going, it, what's on. going on with them um i'm obviously no medical professional um but there's you know there's enough studies out there that talk about um, misdiagnoses within um, women as is mm -hmm. right um but that is a really big issue mm -hmm. that um a lot of people are talking about more so now and also like there's also a racial bias as well 100 yeah 100 um, which is you know <laughs> knowing what i know now and how i feel about the world i'm not surprised that there's a racial right. bias but um but yeah totally um that's definitely something that i read about and i was like huh hmm. Huh. After the break, we'll be covering ASD in media. We're going to be talking about representation. And then later on the episode, we're going to be talking a bit about um, some some questions that I've received on the old Instagram DMs. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. It's all coming up right after the break. Thank you so much for tuning in to your Uncomfort Zone today. It was such a fun episode to record, and I hope to record more episodes with Steven in the future. 
If you have any feedback, episode topic suggestions, questions, comments, or maybe you just want to say hi, you can shoot me a message or leave a comment on my Instagram page at your uncomfort zone pod. If you enjoy content like this, don't forget to rate, like, or give it five stars from whatever platform you're listening from. You can find your uncomfort zone on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and at our home base, the Anchor app. Share it with your friends, your family, your partners, your pets, or anyone you think might find this kind of content interesting or useful. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for episode two in this series where Stephen and I discuss autism and the importance of representation in media, as well as the controversy and ableism surrounding Sia's new film, Music. Thank you for listening and have the sweetest day. Bye.